All right, we're live. Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? How's your day? Very well. Very well. Just another day in paradise, as they say. Yeah, how's, how's work been recently? Very busy, man. Very busy. Uh, it's just, it was like the end of a fiscal month for us, and it was one of the craziest ones that I've done in the last two years that I've been there. So it was a lot of, I think I reached my 40 hours in the first four days. Wow. So a lot of fun. No kidding, man. How um how's the podcast going? How's everything going with that? Podcast is going pretty well, man. I've just been doing um I've been doing a lot of uh been recording some interviews, stashing, uh, to put out onto the onto the channel. But um the inter- the interviews and stuff of the podcast that I'm putting out is just like some of the groundwork building blocks of the channel that I'm gonna be building out. The podcast is gonna be one aspect of the channel. But uh, there's a lot of other forms of content that are going to be coming on. So just laying it brick by brick. It's definitely been it's been a lot slower than I would have liked it to be. But um, that alone, kind of doing that process has taught me a lot about myself. Just learning to accept what is happening yeah. and not being deterred and just kind of getting everything in. So for anyone, I guess, that's listening or is a listener, just uh, be patient. There's a lot more different... F- formats of content that's coming which i'm really excited about nice man tip this tip the mic closer to your face make it like literally almost touch your lip you should yeah there you go hi that's that good better? Okay. oh dude you said that we need that smooth radio voice <laughs> of yours man i got a radio voice i love it dude and a radio face yeah i always think that about myself too man i got a good voice or i got a good face for radio no man you're a handsome you're a handsome motherfucker man oh, you know, especially with that beard it's you coming know, back. It's a look. I was gonna say, man, it's making a killer comeback. It's coming very back, fast, very fast. Um, what's going on with you? How you been? Not bad, work? man. I've been busy with work. Been working a ton. Uh, going to jujitsu as much as I can. Yes. This week, I've uh, really been kind of drained. Actually, I'm I'm stoked though because I'm going uh, fishing with my old man for yes. this weekend for Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, and then coming home on Sunday. So nice. I've just been like jamming every like all, all my work and like today, or yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Right. Just working is like literally around the clock. So that sounds like kind of the week that I had last week, and I got a chance to kind of slow down, but um, I didn't go fishing. Oh, that's, dude, that's too. Um, that's one of your white privilege activities, dude. It did, is. Right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it is. It truly is. I mean, where I come from, you fish to survive. Yeah. You fish to eat. Right. But when you know when we moved here when I was a kid? You ever see those fishing channels? Yeah. On TV and stuff? Yeah, my dad watches. Re- okay, yeah. <laughs> like they would they would come when there was like twenty four hour sports channels that started to come on, like TSN, ESPN and stuff. During the daytime, they would start putting fishing shows. And for the life of us, like we were kids and my parents and my mom sometimes we couldn't understand why they would catch the fish and then let it go. Yeah, that's a weird one to me too, man. It doesn't make any sense. I don't do that. They catch it by the hook, and then they basically injured the fish and throw it back in there. Yeah. For your own what? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't do that. Okay, so you you guys catch and eat. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Unless, then you have my approval. Yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I I yeah I only uh, the only time I'll release it is like if it's um because you can tell sometimes if it's like um not big enough like if it's too juvenile. Right. Put it back. Not enough meat on it. 
Yeah, it's just like, yeah, you're not going to feed anybody. You're just killing for no reason. Right, right. Let that thing grow. Yeah. Reproduce more fish. And some guys can tell as well if it's like a pregnant doe, like a uh, female. So they'll like send it back. Some guys will actually like keep it and use the eggs inside as bait. I don't know. I just. Okay, so maybe you can confirm this. Fish eggs, that is caviar, right? I think caviar is whale eggs. Okay, but, but yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah, okay, that's disgusting. But um, dude, what do you mean? It's uh, do you eat sushi? I do. Yeah, they have rote. They have like uh, yeah, like those orange little balls. Yeah, that's fish eggs. Right. Yeah, I can't believe I eat those. They're good. Now that I found out, I'll probably stop. No, don't, dude. It's good for you. Says who? Me. <laughs> it's probably good for you. <laughs> Fact check me on this, guys. Come on, help me out here. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. Speaking of which, man, you know, I'm sure somebody can find something out there to support one way or the other. Like, fish eggs are not good for you. And some will find somewhere where it says fish eggs are good for you. And I think these days you can almost find that almost on any food. Yeah, dude. Food diets and stuff is just getting out of control. It's, it's like, nuts. It's, I understand there's, like, pesticides and all that stuff. I understand the difference between organic and, like, you know, you do your best to eat as healthy as possible. But then you have, like, those nut jobs. You know, yeah. they're just like it's their life. It's their job to make sure that like all the pesticides. Like a dietitian, you mean? That's their job? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Some people, I, that's their job. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, no, I don't mean like that. I mean like the organic police or like I guess um, might catch some flack for this one. But like it's the characteristics of a vegan of sorts. You know, they always got to like let you know they're vegan and yeah, they have yeah. restrictions and stuff. There's you people can usually tell. Yeah, like the they're sunken really in eyes, they're <laughs> they're low <really> energy, <laughs> and they're tired all the time. Yeah, yeah they show up ready. To Stinky sleep. farts, <laughs> got the most disgusting farts. <laughs> Terrible, and you know they probably shower with like sand. You know, yeah, if they so shower. <laughs> Sorry, vegans. <laughs> no, listen, man. I um, I respect anyone's like choice of diet. That's good of you. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Do what you want. But wh- as soon as people become militant with it, meaning like they're on, on the offense about it now, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, calm down. You know, Just calm down. Especially the ones who do it to save the animals. Oh, dude. Those are the ones that kind of get me, man. I'll be honest because I just, this might piss them off, but like, you know, humans have domain over Earth. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we, are, we are above animals. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. It's yeah, not yeah. fun to hear, maybe, to the vegetarian. It's a, it's a weird concept, though, man, because there is, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I can say, like, there is a line that I'll draw, you know, like... Uh, oh, okay, let's hear this. Like, um, I don't, I won't eat a dog. I won't <laughs> eat a cat. Yeah. I wouldn't eat a lot of <laughs> rodents. That's, like, a different line, but it's still, like, part of the line of animals that don't really want to eat rodents. Um... I understand. Probably wouldn't need a horse. They're kind of cool. Hundred percent. No, I, I get what you, I get what you mean. I think cows, um, pigs, chicken. Right. Most most uh, you know, moose, elk, deer, yes. bear. I'll eat all those. No problem. Fish. Okay. So so there's a line that you draw. Mm-hmm. Where like how do you do you just draw like wh- is there some sort of consistency in it in terms of how you draw the line like are there some criteria that you have. Cause I just told you. Well, okay, but like for example, okay, so you don't eat dogs, right. and you don't eat rodents. 
Yeah. Two very different things, very different animals. Different reasons, too. Right. That's what I mean. Like, what's the consistency in terms of your reasoning? Is there any sort of, like, common denominators that you have? Or oh. is it just like, ah, you know, I don't feel like eating that one? Yeah, that's kind of it. Like okay. a dog and a cat, they're just, it's too close to home for me. Right. You know, I, right. Got, I got pets. <laughs> uh, rodents just gross me out. Don't like them. Right. Um, so do you eat seafood? Yeah. Like what? Anything. Okay, so let's use um, crab, for example. Yeah. You eat crab and lobster? Yeah. I'll eat the hell out of those. Okay, so why though? They don't gross you out? No. I don't have any sympathy for uh, like reptiles or sea creatures. So you have sympathy. So you have sympathy for rodents? No, they just gross me out. Okay, that's what I mean. So they're so, disease ridden, dude. So crabs don't crabs don't gross you out? No, they're what not about disease clams? ridden. They're not disease ridden. They eat the garbage of the ocean. Do they? Yeah. Like think about it. This is what I. Okay, this it is seems what I more organic. It seems more um, <laughs> like an ecosystem. Like rats are kind of like when I think of a rat, I think of like a New York City dwelling, like eating like right. toxic garbage of like homeless guys that right, smoke, right. smoke crack out of light bulbs. So this is the same way that I see crabs and lobsters. There's no homeless people in the in the ocean. There's homeless fish. They're all homeless, dude. <laughs> no, what I mean, I see. Okay, this is why I see crabs and lobsters the same thing, because. Just like, you know, these rodents and stuff, they're just scavengers at yeah. the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But just because they're underwater and we bring them to the surface, we no kind of homeless, forget. No homeless in their ecosystem, though. That's, yeah, there is. Like, no, you know, I saw, okay, listen, I watched Finding Nemo. Okay. And the, the goldfish and stuff, they had homes. They lived in, in the reefs. The sea anemone. Sea anemone. Is that what they called it? Yeah, the sea anemone or whatever. They, like, they lived in, in the reefs. They had, like, little... Right. They had fish. There was like these glowy little, I forgot what they're called, larva. I remember if I if I remember grade eleven biology properly. There was that. There's all that. There's an entire ecosystem. They live there, mm-hmm. and it's usually things like the uh, you know the crabs, the ones that can't swim. Right. They're the ones who have to find shells, mm-hmm. and they live inside those. No, things. dude, crabs That's are the born equi- with shells, dude. Yeah, okay, I'm not talking about, okay, yes, but like some of them, you know, like oysters and stuff? Sure. Like oysters are a little, <laughs> I saw it in a cartoon in The Mermaid once. Okay. But oysters are like, oysters are like these little things that they'll walk out, they'll outgrow one shell. That's a hermit crab, dude. They're still crab, exactly. So. But hermit ones, even hermit humans are gross, dude. I don't, we don't like hermit anything. Okay, but my point is. These are all like scavengers of the ocean, yeah. much like how you have rodents and rats and no, mice. Dude, and no. They're just scavengers. Okay, do you eat any insect above ground? I mean, like, yeah, above ground, on the ground? No. We uh, understand. I would have until Klaus Schwab talked about it, and then I drew the <laughs> line there. But, like, I would have. I, but it's I not. I eat like, grasshopper, but once he said that, then I won't. Okay, so, but it's not like a, you're not going to come home. And what's for dinner is, you know, fried scorpion or fried crickets. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's not a common thing. Yeah. But for some reason, just because all of that stuff is underwater, if you if you think about it, you know, if we remove all of the ocean and just take and just take a look at the sea life, mm-hmm. it's very simple for me, like what I would eat and what I wouldn't. I'd eat the fish. I'd mm-hmm. eat the tuna. I'd eat. I'd even eat the shark. Stuff that had fins that was above 
above the floor of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Things like clam and, you know, I was about to say rats, but like crabs and lobsters, they're just at the bottom catching whatever makes it to the bottom. And what do you think makes it to the bottom? It's all the other fish's feces. You think that? I, it might I, float. No, I watched Magic School Bus. It was pretty, like I saw a whole episode on clams. Really? Yes. And, and they said that clams are gross. Yeah, the school, okay. Have so you they, had clam chowder? Mm-mm, I may have by it's accident. It's fucking good, dude. Yeah, but it's not the clams that make it good. It's a, all the other ingredients, like the the um, milk and all the other stuff. I don't know exactly what's in clam chowder, but like you know, all the salts and your spices. And that's what makes it good. Clams all good. All seafood is dude, I'll like eat that. the shit out of a clam right in front of you. That's disgusting, dude. It's it so really is disgusting. No, it is because and clams have, dude, have you had or mussels? You eat mussels? I'll eat mussels. Oh dude. god, dude. Okay. Do you know how good mussels are for you? Do you know how much iron there is in a mussel? Do you know how much uh, pharmaceuticals have been found in those? Because of the sewage that gets dumped out into the ocean in those same regions, like just down south of uh, Washington State. They, they wouldn't do that. They, from what, I, from what? Listen, from what they I've read, wouldn't do when that. they did, <laughs> you mean send out open sewage into the yeah, ocean? Yeah, absolutely would. not. Right? They wouldn't do that. Of course not. They, dude, the whole the, the green bill is that what they call it? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I know that they have a meeting over in Sweden or Switzerland or whatever, and they talk about Zurich. Zurich. They're saving our environment, dude. They wouldn't do that. Yeah, so you can have healthy. But even okay, even if it's not pharmaceuticals and a bunch of chemicals and like open those are good feces, of course. And and through clams, you're getting them for free. Right. Right. <laughs> well, not really. I guess you, at the price of a clam, but. Even if, all kidding aside, let's say you take out all the sewage, mm-hmm. even at that point, mussels survive by catching like whale droppings and shark droppings and all of that stuff. Maybe that's where they get the iron from, dude. Do you know how much iron there is in mussels? Okay, then skip the mussels. Go right to, why don't you just eat whale feces? At least it's more organic, it's raw, it's less I, processing. I'm not eating feces, <laughs> That's where you, you, you asked me where listen, you asked me where I draw the line. That's where I draw the line. I'm not eating feces, <laughs> but I won't do it. But listen, man, that's kind of what you're eating when you have muscles. No, no, that's their food, dude. It's not okay. So how do you uh, okay? How do you make this? I don't know. Like, I'm not a marine biologist, bro. Oh I don't know. God, you sound like that lady that couldn't describe what a woman was because she said I'm not a, a biologist. What is a woman? Someone who has a clam. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, folks. I love how, dude, I love how, I love how uh, every single episode that we talk about, that we talk about, like, uh, I feel like productive or smart or self-development topics. We talk about challenges that we face, adversities we've overcome. Right. And today we're talking about muscles eating shit. Well, listen, this is, I'm, par- I'm trying to help develop you <laughs> into, like, having a... A good diet. So you're you're no, coming I'm, at me a little bit like offen- on the offense about my nutrition. And I feel like earlier you said that you didn't like when people did that. <laughs> I see what you did there. But I'm not really being, I'm not trying to be offensive. Well, you are. No, I'm just asking. I'm offended. I'm asking you questions. <laughs> right. And my question is, is how, when you, like that example that I gave you, if you remove, if we all, if we remove all of the water from the ocean. Mm-hmm. What you I think the salt is, water I think the salt water is a big factor. I think this that uh, probably cleans 
Yeah, but like, listen, man. Listen. Hey, I got a question. Okay, let me finish. When you go and you get that question, just a sec. Hold that thought. Okay. When you go and you see anywhere Mm -hmm. a bunch of rodents or cockroaches or anything, just like in a group, just moving around, Mm -hmm. does that not look disgusting? Absolutely. When they pull up a crab basket when they go fishing, I've seen ice, you know. I get stoked. I go. I don't see the difference. I go crab fishing. I don't see the difference. Maybe it's my brain. You know what I mean? My brain is just too simplistic to me. I'm just like, okay, creepy crawly things out of the ocean, creepy crawly things outside of the ocean. Same thing. You ever catch a crab? Absolutely not. Dude, that's why. I've seen why I would not touch them, man. Some some of these things are huge. But I am also we'll go like crab fishing. afraid of the ocean. No, dude. We'll go crab fishing. We'll catch a crab. We'll we'll cook it together. We'll break the shell open. Uh, we should record this. We'll dip it we'll in record it all we'll for dip it in see, hot garlic butter. Okay, and that's my point exactly. You know what I mean? When I cook a steak, I don't need to add a lot to it. It's delicious. Some salt, maybe, maybe a little bit of pepper. You cook it right and you just yeah. chew into that. It's because the food is good. Mm-hmm. But when you pull out a lot of these, you know, ocean you don't put a little garlic butter on your steak. I might. I might. Rosemary. I'm not saying, I might. A little bit of rosemary. I might. I might. But the steak itself is good. These are just compliments. Right. When you have ocean insects, mm-hmm. you add all this stuff onto it because you know you're eating ocean insects. You know what I mean? You got to throw in some like earth food. No, you do it because it's good, dude. I uh, add that stuff to steak too, know, and it's good. I don't know. I see now. I have a friend of mine that, that's, uh, he was really into like seafood. He's really into eating anything, but like even he has come come around to realizing that hey, and you will come around. Trust me, you will come around once you eventually see it from a clear set of eyes, like I have. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're ridiculous. You're gonna see that that is all just it's lit. It's all fucking ocean insects, bro. They're creepy crawly. Like you, they all make the, probably those hissing noises once you take them out of the water, like. Tss. And tentacles and stuff. I can't even. I can barely handle lobster now. You know what I mean. And here's the thing: if I go to sushi, like for example, I I went to I went to have sushi on my own. Like I went for lunch and I got a box a. Box a comes with rice, like a bento box. Yeah, teriyaki beef, six pieces of sushi, and then it gives you some um, fried prawn, deep fried prawn. Right now, prawn in my you know book of things qualifies as ocean insects not really yucky yeah not really into it and because it comes with one piece of prawn and it's seen as the more expensive item you know if there's one there i might chew into it but recently recently i found i've actually been asking them to just replace it with a sweet potato fried sweet potato Mm -hmm. that it comes with and they look at me like i'm weird because that's the cheaper stuff but recently, but before, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, you cover it with all that batter, you fry it, and I dip it into some whatever magic sauce they give me. Mm-hmm. It tastes good. It the does yum taste yum good. Sauce. Yeah, it does taste good. But at the end of the day, man, I, I just, the mental aspect of it now has hit me where it's like, I just see that as ocean insects. And I can't get beyond it. I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you, I bet you Klaus Schwab ain't eating that. I bet you he is. I, I bet, bet you he's, he's not. eating lobster. He's probably he looks kind of like a lobster. He actually. looks like a turtle. He looks, he looks like a turtle. Dude, to me. he does actually. Right, Franklin, Franklin's dad. No, dude, he looks like. Uh, have you seen the Master of Disguise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He looks like that. I was turtle, gonna say, yeah, 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 yes, yes. No, hundred percent. 
Anyways, I digress. Sorry, your question. Oh, I was going to ask where the salt in the ocean comes from. That's a great question. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I was going to say from all the salty people out there. <laughs> like, I mean, I was thinking it's, that it's the just other part day. of the ocean. Yeah, why? fresh water. I mean, some some things are just left for God. <laughs> the flat or we earth. go to a scientist. The flat, the flat earth oh, of the God. salt in the ocean. It's like only God knows, well, there's, baby. There's, there's salt water, and then there's fresh water. Right. And that's all I know. The oceans are salt water. And yeah, you're giving me fucking advice on ocean creepy crawlies, eh? Listen, okay, based on okay, I when you know about my the perspective salt in the ocean, you can give me some more advice on salty, watery, creepy crawlies. Okay, all right? first of all, first of all, the the first thing I have to correct you is I'm actually not giving you advice, nor am I trying to, nor am I trying to convince you. Okay. you can have all the crab that you want. So is this more real food for the rest of us? So you think okay. it's more appropriate to eat a dog than it is to eat a crab? No, I wouldn't eat a dog. Where okay. do you draw your line? On, on like just the most common on animals you eat. Most the com- most you know your most common eating foods. Along What's that? With X the pig because I'm Muslim, and um, so it's just like chicken, beef, cow. You know cows, which is beef, but yeah, cows, lamb, goat. You eat a goat. Goat. Um, what about long pig? That's a pig. No, dude. You said pig. If you know, you know. <laughs> what the hell is a long pig? Google it. Is that like Timon's buddy? <laughs> oh, that's a hog. No, no. A long pig. If you know, you know. I have a feeling this is probably a nickname for some sort of human. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I left my phone in my car. I would have looked at it. That's good. Right I like that. Um, yeah, dude. How is it? So I don't know if I've asked you this before or... Um, this is a perfect segue. Yes. I don't know if I've asked you this before or not, or um, but like, what kind of uh, you know made you start the podcast? I know that recently you've committed a lot more to it, right? Um, and like, what kind of made you start the podcast, or made you want to double down on it? Great question. Um, to be honest, um, when I started my podcast, it was during during the pandemic. And I was just, um, I was also going through a transition just within, like, I felt like I was growing and changing. A lot of people transition over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I was, um, I, pro- I, I wanted to make a shift in terms of my entrepreneurial ventures. Mm-hmm. What I ha- where I was at, I felt like had grown stale. I'd put everything into it and it was just stale. Like the, the soil there was no longer fertile, mm-hmm. fertile. Um, so I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. <laughs> Same word, right? Yeah. Uh, and I didn't see myself growing there anymore. And as a result, and it's not that I thought it couldn't happen ever, but I just thought, I'm like, okay, this is what I see. I need to make a, need to make a move. And and I have always wanted to go into media when I was a kid. My original like career path choice, which would have been my dream at the time, was to go into journalism. Mm. And, but I didn't go that route. I went to like completely different route and like, you know, 10 years later, uh, with technology and the industry and how it's all changed, I realized like I can go into it now. It's very easy. Like the entry point is the bar is very low. Anyone can enter. It's just going to ruin. And I feel like the, um, the last seven years of my last venture that I was in had prepared me with like work ethic and understanding, you know, just building the resilience that you need to kind of build a an entrepreneurial venture or a company in the first place. And 
I started the podcast. I remember my first episode just saying, I honestly don't even know what this is. I don't know what it is, but I do know I just need to start. I knew I wanted to get a podcast going. There was a lot of stuff on my mind and my heart that I just thought I could contribute. And all I knew is I didn't want it to become some sort of advice-giving show. That's not the route I was going on because I think there was, there's plenty of that stuff out there. And I don't know if I'm in any position to give people advice. I was just I just started talking about um, kind of like my my at that time, which was the most big time thing in my life, which was just overcoming the depression that I just had. I had just faced suicide, suicidal thoughts and stuff. But long term, I knew I wanted to build a media company, a media brand. And like here we are, I think it's like two and a half years later. Um, finally, I feel like I'm starting to finally build some momentum. Some projects are starting to come to finish, come to finish, and um, I had some structure built around. There was some like consistency at work, so I could start to like kind of schedule these interviews and stuff, and start to put in some work. And um, yeah, just kind of come together that way. But the real answer, I've always just wanted to get into media and start a media company. And then seeing what was going on in the world at the at, at the time as well, I'm like, this is the time. I feel like there's a marketplace. There's a there's a void in the market for it, and I. In my mind, I drew up some sort of like a, a strategy, and now it's just about executing and going after it. So nice, man. Yeah. And um, how have you been? Because I know that you've had a lot of different guests on recently that kind of, um, you know, vary a lot yeah. in their experience and their education. How do you choose your guests? Like, how do you kind of go about that? That's a good question, man. Um, I choose my guests based on really the foundation of my show with the podcast and really the theme, which is that, <clears throat> you know, a lot of these, um, a lot of shows and stuff, they try to, they, they bring you information and they're trying to give it to you from some sort of perspective that they see it in, right? You'll see some people say, bringing you the conservative perspective, for example, in mm -hmm. politics or the left. And whatever their perspectives might be, right, from a male perspective, female perspective, I just, I, my motto, I'm like, my motto really is I want to talk about everything and almost anything, but let people see it. It's like the one media platform that hopefully lets you see things through your eyes, mm. through the viewer's eyes, where they can start to see the things that... And really understand why they see it the way they do. Versus I'm not really trying to get people to look through it from my eyes. I just like to ask people questions. And even my guests who sit across from me, I want to ask them questions in terms of the information that they give. But I really want to understand how they came to to believe in those things. And why they hold those perspectives. And really the whole thing of my, is just really getting people to see themselves. Right, right. Yeah. And do you think that... Um, I don't know if that answered your question, though, how I choose my guests. Like, yeah, kind of a, like, um, I guess maybe you can elaborate on that more, but it's like, um, like, yeah, I guess you can elaborate on like, yeah, how the, you choose them. The guest selection is very simple. I just, um, there's people that I follow, There's like such as yourself. I observe some of your stuff long before. Anyone that gets an invite from me, they should know that I've been observing their stuff long before the invite came mm. um i just i see i try to understand and then naturally questions will pop into my mind that i just want to know about them and i'm like okay this is a good time to send out an invite i don't just i mean i see i don't just invite somebody because they have a huge bunch of followers or, or i think they can like give me clout or stuff i don't do it that way i just see what kind of conversation i can have with them on camera uh, on the pod 
and base it off of that. If I, if some, I've had some people ask if they can be on the show and whatnot, but I'm just like, I politely just tell them, I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in me trying to. Oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that a couple of times where I let someone come on when they ask. Right, right. Oh, man, what a headache that right. can be. <laughs> yeah, so let me ask, how do you treat, yeah, I'll fire that at you then. So maybe you can elaborate on that experience and then how you choose your guests. Yeah, I, uh, dude, I, I find that, like, when someone reaches out, there have been a couple that uh, I like that have reached out and they're like, hey, we should chat on the podcast, blah, 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 blah. And like, I know it'll be good or I've been meaning to ask them and it keeps slipping my mind or Mm -hmm. we just always have good conversations and I'm like, okay, yeah, I vibe with this guy. I'll have him on. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where someone will reach out and they'll be like, hey, we have to talk on the podcast and you can kind of just get this hint of like, it, it almost seems like they just want people to listen to them. Yes. And I'm like. I, I usually just tell them like, "Oh, bro, you should start your own podcast." Hundred percent. That's 100%. usually what I say to them. One hundred percent. Because like, honestly, I don't think people appreciate the amount of effort it takes to get something like this going. Even if you're not getting a lot of eyeballs at the beginning, yeah, it doesn't matter. There's still a tremendous amount of effort that goes into it, and and I know I know what you mean. People just they see it. They see that you put in the effort. That you got the. You put up the money to get the equipment. You put in the time and the effort, and you got a bit of an audience going, and they just feel like they can jump in because they want to be heard. I appreciate if somebody's going to, let's say, want to be on the show, right, and they want to reach out. And if if you come with a much more clear and concise messaging, like, hey, I want to be on the show because there's something I want to promote, there's this or that, that's much more effective than just saying, hey, let me be on your show. I want to talk about this stuff, this stuff. is like... Make your intentions clear. It's not to say that that's going to give you a, a yes, but it's a much more appropriate way to approach someone versus who's putting in the effort to put these things out there. And you know, it's and you just think you can just come on there and be like, yeah, I, I want to be heard about what. Yeah, you typically know? I have to already have been like following the person or know yeah. like usually like if there's a mutual friend, obviously that helps. But um, if someone like approaches me like that. If I'm considering it, I'll usually just tell them like, okay, yeah, give me a call and I'll talk to them on the phone. And if it's like a difficult conversation, it's an instant no. Yeah. But if I start vibing with the person, if I start like actually understanding, okay, yeah, I like the way that they have this cool story or that there's this thing, like whatever. Right. But um, yeah, usually I have to have a genuine interest in talking to somebody. Yes. And if they don't energize me they don't like actually like um make me excited then uh, there's no way i can have that on the podcast because i a lot of my interviews or uh conversational uh episodes end up going for like hour plus yeah and so like if i have to try and muscle my way through that or if i have to (laughs) you know like if i find myself like dozing off right dude i've have you had episodes like that bro (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I th- I think the funniest one I ever had one time. We're not gonna dude, name names. Honestly. No, no, no. There's this one time that I had a Zoom a Zoom interview. Right. And it was so boring, man, <laughs> that I was literally playing Pokemon on my computer oh, while I was no. on a Zoom call. Right, right. And I was like, I gotta cut this short, dude. I'm literally playing Pokemon while I'm on this <laughs> Zoom call. Like, 
I'm like, man. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I'm very selective of the people that I want to speak with because I want to avoid that. Yeah. And it's because it's also, listen, I want to go into the media game, right? I want to be in the media space and turn this into a company, some sort of something, something big. Like I have a, I have a vision for it. I'm going to put all that stuff out there, but like, that's my vision. And in order for to do that, if you're in the media game, you have to immediately understand that your customer is your audience. They're Mm. making the time. If they're going to make the time to sit in front of their TV or, or, or when they're driving, they're going to turn your podcast on or what you're saying, they're going to start listening to you. It can't just be a conversation between two friends talking shit. And I, there's a lot of people who, who just think like, you know. It can sometimes. It can. Sometimes it's funny. It can. It, well, that's, okay. So if it's, if it's two friends that are really hilarious, mm. you know, that's what they provide. It's a lot of comedy. But I know a lot of people who just, I shouldn't say I know a lot of people, but I think there's a common notion that like people who sit down and they have good conversation amongst friends, it's like at a party maybe they're, or they're just gathering around having some drinks, a cigar, and just an amazing conversation. Everyone just throws that out there. It's like, hey, we should have a podcast. Hey, we should have a podcast, bro. We should bro. have a podcast. Oh, yeah. bro, we should have been recording, recording this. Yeah, it's as if like some of the stuff they've just said has never been said before. Yeah. And it's not that simple. It doesn't work like that. To sit across, to, to sit and have a one-hour recording on a podcast, it's a little bit more than just... You know, sitting with your friend and shooting the shit. You know, especially if you want it to grow and and develop into some sort of media brand of sorts. Yeah, and I think that the, the no, that notion exists because when this was in its infancy stage, there are people who could do that. They did do that just because the space was so open. Well, look and, at Joe Rogan. Right. I, you gotta understand, he started doing that in like 2011. Or people like Andrew Schultz. Yeah, people did. But Andrew Schultz is hilarious. He's a comedian. You know what I mean? He's done. He's been out there. He's done stuff. You know what mm. I mean? And he's and he he already had an audience. Mm. And that now he's attracted some of those eyeballs onto his podcast. As a result, now he's also gained a new audience from from YouTube as well, who now come to his shows. And those people who come to his shows. From YouTube now go to shows. The people from they watch him on YouTube, and he's expanded it that way. Mm. And Joe Rogan, I mean, he started that out when he was like, in, what, 2010, 2011? Yeah, yeah. Before people even knew what really a podcast was. Yeah. So he's had a 10 year maturation. You know, that's 10 years of really solidifying a lot of episodes. He's been doing it. And but having said that, though, he w- he's a phenomenal interviewer. He's there's a reason why he's one of the best in the game. Mm-hmm. He didn't just sit across his friends and they just shot. <laughs> you shoot the shit. He's he's a great listener. He can poke at you. He can ask phenomenal questions, and he'll get his his guests to speak on topics in a manner that they probably wouldn't have done if they weren't sitting across from Joe Rogan. Mm. That's why he's one of the best, and he has a huge audience. But you have to bring something to the table. Sitting across someone and just saying hey yada yada, and you're not going to be good at it right away, obviously. But you have to have some sort of you have to have some sort of plan and execution that you want to execute on. Just sitting across the table and like you know, just starting a podcast with your friends because you thought you were having a good drunken conversation <laughs> is. Uh, I think you should look for it. You should have a little bit more, you know, more tactical, strategic approach than just that. Were you nervous when you did your like first interview? Yeah. Yes, I was very nervous, and there's many reasons for that. Um, but it was just probably but the thing is i wasn't i wasn't that nervous the only the, because i had done interviews like before i had been on i had spoken on stages before i had like 
introduce people, introduce panels and stuff. So this, I had become fairly, I had become fairly comfortable and accustomed to being in front of a large audience. And the reason why I became nervous during the interview was, be, to be honest, is, is there was nobody else in the room between except just me and him. And I found that I really liked to just, I really was used to feeding off some of the energy off the crowd. I love being on a stage where there's people. It's a lot more fun. I found it. There's a lot more energy to feed off of. But when you're just there by yourself, like in this type of environment, it's um, it was new to me. Mm-hmm. And especially when you like ask a question, and you thought you'd get a little bit more of a run <laughs> in terms of an answer, but they give you a one one answer, and you're just like, and I was so amateur, right? I'd be looking at my next question, and my goal was just to get through the eleven questions that I have, and it took me out of the conversation. There's just a lot of stuff going on in my head, but I think I've kind of but you just get better over time. So Yeah. Yeah. But I was a little nervous, yes. Do you still feel that way when you do interviews? There's always a little bit of nerves before I go into a into a conversation. Uh, there's always a little bit of nerves. And it's because I want to do well. I want to do well. I want to develop my brand. I just and I see that as a good thing. I don't like I don't like going in there feeling nothing. I feel like a, it's a little bit of a limp dick approach. I want to be I I, if I have a little bit of nerves going um, and I know there's a different type of nerves I like to be prepared when I go into my into my uh, into my interviews yeah it calms my nerves down those um, those you know those nerves that'll take pull you out of a car you're just like too nervous to do anything Mm -hmm. I'm not that level of nervous I'm talking about you know those kind of butterflies before you get before you're about to do something exciting like i always had that when i played sports as a kid and all that stuff it's it's more so that feeling i like to compete you know yeah what I mean? yeah and uh so when i get on an inter- interview i'm just like this is my name this is my name on it. this is my brand this is the thing that i want to do so there's a little bit of nerve i want to do well and uh, i want my guests to feel comfortable and just i just say a quick little prayer or whatnot in terms of my intentions and then just run with it once i'm in the interview no there's pro there's absolutely zero nerves because I enjoy talking. Yeah. Um, do you say you say a prayer before you record? Yeah, I just I mean, to be honest, That's prayer cool. prayer it's just a just a brief little uh, moment of silence and just really becoming clear on uh, I guess the intentions that I set for the conversation. I try, and that even that even that might not be the right wording. I don't have an intention of like trying to steer the conversation in a particular way. I just want to allow the the guest to drive the conversation but um i just want it to go well that's really all i say like i just, I, let's just dear lord you know just <laughs> let this thing happen and have it go well nice man and if well sometimes means someone gets pissed off and they walk off then that's that too have you had that no oh i was not gonna yet. say dude, but i cool. but that's also because i've not had any um anyone that Actually, I have a question for you after because I, I assume yeah. you follow some of my stuff on Instagram. But um, it's probably also because I've never really had anybody accept. What's the question? Can we have it on here? I'll cut it yeah, out yeah. if you want. No, no, I'll ask you. It's for the, for the pod. But um, it's a little bit of feedback for me. Just because one of my friends said something to me, and I'm like, interesting, about my uh, Instagram. Mm. And um, But I, I had a thought, but let's just jump into the question. I lost a thought. Is... Um, I guess when you when you watch some of my Instagram stories and you know some of the stuff that I post on there, to you is it fairly clear in terms of like what this person kind of stands for and like what kind of a caricature this person yourself is? yourself or your guests? On no my 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 uh, my Instagram. Yeah, I would say so. Why? And what would you gather? 
I think that you, when I look at your social media, because it's hard for me because I've had so many conversations. Right, you know me know, off yeah. off social media, and um, if we can maybe, okay, I'm gonna sound. I can't say this word, man. <laughs> Try <laughs> sound it out. Try I, it. This is always just compart. To mentalize. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. There you go. That's the word of the day, baby. Yeah. I always, I stumble through that one. But I you, can't spell it, so. <laughs> Good luck if I had to try. But uh, I'd probably start it with C-U-M. <laughs> P. Hey, you be uh, close. Compart to mentalize this part of your brain where you just kind of isolate how you know me off, mm. off of social media. But do you think it's that different? Versus how I am, like I wouldn't say it's different. I'd say I just get a clearer picture. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. from what I'd the way I would describe you, I don't know if it's just from what I see on your social media because we've had so many conversations. One hundred percent. But um, I feel like I feel like um, I might not be the best person to ask because I don't really consume that much on social media. Right. So what you're saying is I don't really watch your shit. Fair enough. I don't watch any shit. No, I'm just playing. I don't watch just anything. Playing. But I would say yeah. that uh, the the posts that I can remember I seeing the stories. Much. Yeah. That's that's one thing I'll say is everyone should post more. Right. Um, and consume less. Right. I'm a big advocate of that. But doesn't that just but, create like a, you know, like a stock market where everyone's just selling? You know, yeah, sell away, baby. That's how you make money, <laughs> right? But like, <laughs> but then you got no buyers. You know what I mean? Everyone sells out of fear because there's no buyers in the market. No, right? so no, you sell no. Off. dude. There's a there's enough people out there that all they do is consume. Right, but what you're saying is you're telling those people to stop consuming, start producing. Yeah, they'll have a better time. Right, but if we get everyone doing that, I'm just saying, meet people where they're at. If there's fair enough, enough. Fair the enough. thing is too is like I um. This is my funny way of looking at it is like the people that are on social media just consuming and consuming and consuming and consuming. That's all they do. Right. Their mental health is probably not in the best place. Agree or disagree? 100% agree. Well, and what's my main topic and, you know, my main demographic? Right, is mental health. So I'm just trying to meet them where they're at, you know? 100%. No, I understand. You get what I'm saying? No, that's... For you, oh, I see what you're saying. For your audience, definitely. That's a, I think that's phenomenal advice almost anywhere, even off social media. And I think start that... Start giving, you know, start putting out instead of always just taking in. You know yeah, I mean? create, don't consume. Yes. But I think that your brand is, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that your brand is a lot of also trying to get people to... Like I think we align in the in the areas of like I want people to understand themselves. I yes. want people to. That's where I think our cross section happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's like I want you to understand yourself and the universe, the world, uh, and your purpose a lot more clearly, and to be able to, like you say, you know, everything you got to be able to get the most out of life. You must empty the tank. Right. Everything. Right. And I think that a lot of the time. Like what I would say about your presence, whether it's on social media or outside of social media, is a lot of, you know, trying to get people to, like, kind of wake up a little bit more to, to, um, you know, see the big picture and mm-hmm. to stop just consuming the the lies and the deceit of 
being content with what we're given in terms of media and in terms of like even the discussion we had earlier, like we were clowning each other a little bit, but it's also like pay attention to like what you're putting in your body, pay yeah. attention to 100%. what you're consuming. hundred percent. And, and, um, I think that that's kind of where we align and the way that I see your brand and my brand kind of coexisting. Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. And the reason, the reason why I was, I originally, I was just curious about what you thought is because um, I had a friend. Sometimes, so sometimes I think you might see that I put like those uh, Instagram stickers that totally, that all of a sudden seem really out of line with usually what I say. Mm-hmm. For example, I'll put up like "Let's get vaccinated" stickers. But yeah, um, let's or, do it. Right. <laughs> I got six today. And then, and then um, yeah, and then I put up like you know I support Ukraine stickers. Of course. And I had a friend of mine. <laughs> The sarcasm always catches me. It's the um, I had a friend of mine, even <laughs> though sar- I know. But what like, sarcasm? <laughs> I had a friend of mine was telling me, he's like, you know, sometimes he's telling me, he's like, he knew some people, they're like, yo, you know what he's saying? He's like, so I, I get a little confused sometimes, you know? It's like, does he, does he, does he not? Like, he says one thing, but then he puts up the stickers and whatnot. And when I, when I heard that, you know. They don't get that? Yeah, apparently not. But that's totally fine by me. And in a sense, man, honestly, I was like, I was kind of happy to hear that because that's also part of part of my goal on there is I don't want people to think they know me fully just of, off of watching my social media. But that's just why like they, you were saying. But the, but that's also why they follow you. It's because they don't. The thing is, dude, and I think that I think that this because I've I think I get where you're coming from. Right. And I tried doing this with my social media. Like you'll notice I have a like a personal account and I have my right. podcast account. Yeah. And I try and keep them as separate as possible. But to be honest, I rarely even go on the personal one. Yeah. I, I do um, have it. And if I'm going to be consuming social media, that's where mm-hmm. it happens because I follow a lot less people and it's mainly just people I know in person. Right. And... Um, I think that when you're building a brand or you are uh, building a business or you're building a podcast or you're building anything like that, it's important to understand, and this is the way I think, is that people like people. They don't like businesses. They don't like, you know, when you hear about businesses, you like, fuck that business. 100%. But when you hear about like a mom and pop shop where you know the owner, you're like, fuck yeah, I'll support right. that person. Like People... When they get to know you, right, they fall in love with you. They don't fall in love with your business. Brands or ideas or movements. You get you know? what I'm saying? Yeah, no, 100%. I was actually just going to say, I think um, if you're probably better off almost bl- blending your personal and your, your podcast page together because you know people want to see your personality before they want to see the brand. Because you are what you are essentially behind the brand, mm-hmm. and that's why I've kind of I've kind of kept mine the same. And I know it's you know people um, I get more engagement and interaction in the DMs off of stories where I'll just kind of like speak on camera about a random topic and just kind of share something, dude. And I love those rants that you do, man. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love those rants that yeah, you do. Yeah, every now and then I just it's also therapeutic for me because I'm I'm a insane person. In a sense, yeah, of, but dude, yeah. yeah. I think anyone who just talks to a camera or their phone, like, <laughs> I say that on my podcast all the time. I'm like, I'm also a guy that sits and talks to my phone for right, hours right, a week. Right. So, 
well, take what I, I mean, say with a grain I mean, of salt, right? I mean, you're talking to a phone technically, but really, it's a it's a medium where you know you're you're speaking to some people. Yeah, but, yeah. But but to the point of that was that it's just like when I found out that you know people sometimes are a little bit confused about exactly what I say. It's like that's perfect because that's exactly the way it should be. You should maybe have an idea of you know what Hussein says or I like this blah blah blah. But people should understand no matter who it is that you're following on Instagram, no matter how big they are, what they post, how much of they, what appears to be their personal life they're revealing, you will never know them fully until you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Mm -hmm. Ever. Yeah, there's and a lot of nuance ones. to people yeah, that we forget 100%. about. Yeah, 100%. And it's almost like, it's so, and that's part of the rift that I think the people that our world is kind of in is that so many people feel like they know someone because of a post or a rant or some sort of, you know, they talk on camera. It's like you might have an idea of who they are, but you won't know them mm -hmm. until you have a one on, just like the old school days, man, a one on one conversation where you get to see what, you know, what makes them tick. Like, I, you tell me what you think about this. I saw someone, this person had like 50,000 followers or whatever, and they made a post and, and they're fairly popular and they're like, you know, anti woke, total anti vaccine type of. Uh, page nice and someone made it maybe he, i shouldn't say that yet yeah well i don't know but i i forgot what the post was but he was just commenting i said a he but they were just it's a they i don't it's know what they identify as but they they commented on did they say they were they actually i i don't know i don't know so we just have to assume that they are who they are it it for now until we see their <laughs> pronouns i was about to say acronyms but <laughs> pronouns <laughs> like, but they were responding to a message someone said that hey let's say he. that like let's let's, let's yeah. say he okay he said that whatever man it's uh, <laughs> it's so stupid it's so stupid i'm so, can i just go on a rant for i'm so sick of this shit man Dude, i'm just so sick of it are you not are people not just done with this fucking he she him they shit it's comedic it is comedic but like it's only comedic if it stays outside the walls of our, you know, legislative assembly. Yeah. And now it's like... That's what makes it funny, though, dude. <laughs> I like, like it. I like it. It's not funny anymore. And let me tell Listen, you why I not like it. Okay, go ahead. I like it because it's so dumb that it's funny. Yeah, but it's coming at the cost of, like, you know, it's it's costing families and, and children. Who? You know what I mean? Who's it costing? Uh, it's costing, I think, young children their innocence. Well, like how? What part? Because <laughs> I think that even yeah. kids are like, dude. <laughs> I think that I think that even kids are like, dude. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe teenagers. Right. But I think if you have kids in elementary reading books on like, you know, oral sex and all of this. That's stuff. different. That's different. That, you're that's, indoctrinating. Yeah, no, and that's that's grooming for pedophilia. Right. And it's like I, I think people have to I think a lot of people are assuming that it's not happening as much as it actually is. And they're kind of turning away. But I'm just I don't I don't know when this became okay. You know, I don't know when this just became an all right thing. I heard a story I read a story, this was last year. This was local, right here in Abbotsford. Oh. At least this is the one that made it to the news. Dude, you know, there's so I, much stuff that didn't come up. But a teacher gave an assignment to gr third graders mm -hmm. to draw a map of their house and then to locate the places inside their house on this map where they can go and masturbate. 
third graders. They did what now? Yeah. Dude. And I number one, this So teacher, where would you put in your <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. That's dude, it's so wrong and evil. <laughs> but where would you put but where would you put? Just out of curiosity. I can, well, I mean, I can't give away my secrets, right, but uh, right, I live right. on my own now. Right. <laughs> but in third grade, I don't know, man. I don't know if I had a location. Yeah. I don't think I was. I think I waited until sixth grade. Ooh. Probably. Ooh, a late until bloomer. Until I, no, I'm started, until I started tugging <laughs> on my peen. But, um, dude, I got some crazy dude. stories, man. Firework. I, I um. My buddy of mine, and uh, he actually has his own podcast. I'm not going to name names or anything, but um, he's got a couple kids. And he said that one time his um, his kids came home and they had an assignment in, like, grade, I'm going to say, let's say four. And they had a, uh assignment where they had to take fairy tales Mm-hmm. And talk about how they were based in misogyny or racism, and they had to pick apart and make them more politically correct, for lack of a better term. Like so, oh, so okay. for example, like one of the things was that um, Sleeping Beauty uh, needed a man to come and save her and kissed her without consent, and all these <laughs> different things, dude. And then I had. Um, Another friend of mine who has I mean, a, I guess, technically, <laughs> from that perspective, she was sleeping, so. Okay, yeah. Um, yes. But. Dude, I had another uh, another person I knew that has a kid in kindergarten where they were teaching them about. Um, and like, this is here, local, local to us. Yeah, in Vancouver. Insane, yeah. insane. Dude, I had a, a, someone I know has a kid in kindergarten, and they had a kid, or uh, their kid, came home and said that um, they were kind of talking about what they had learned in school that day, and they they uh, they were saying something about, like, oh, but um, but I don't think I'm racist. And, and then he's like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, like, I like the chocolate kids. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And... He's like, well... you saying this to his dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right. It's like a five, four-year-old, five-year-old kid. Right, right. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, well, my teacher was saying today that, like, you know, there's all these different colors of kids and that I'm a white kid and that we're mean to the other kids. <sighs> and right. See, this is the stuff, man. Honestly, all And joke- I'm like, dude, how evil is it? Yeah, to well, tell a five-year-old kid that he's a racist. It's just, this is the stuff that like... Or how evil is it to tell other kids that because of the color of their skin, other people aren't going to treat them fairly? Yeah. How does that skew the lens that they view the world? Forget about skewing. It alters your entire perspective on what, you, what you're going to see for the rest of your That's life. That's what I'm saying. That's right? what I'm saying. All you're going to see is color. All you'll see, and not just regular colors, but colors of, of people's skins, and but that's but that's exactly my point. When, like, it's you said that this is local right here. Yeah, I know. I have friends of mine. They have children, right? They would, they see it on the TV, but you see a lot like, oh, it's going on in the states. America's gone wild, or whatever. This it can't possibly be happening right here, and the. 
the fact that people assume that it's not is, and they have children. Like, I can't imagine, like, me having kids. I wouldn't be, I don't know about you, but if I had kids today, I wouldn't be, I don't know if I could trust sending them to a public school. Oh, dude, and we like, had this conversation in my mental health group this today. Right, right. Today, we okay. talked about this. You know, and right. Because uh, someone is moving from Alberta to BC, and they were asking about schools in Vancouver. Right. And uh, there was, like, quite a few people that were, like, just homeschool, man. 100%. Just, well, you unless you got the money for, like, a private school. Yeah. And even then. If, if you can, like, put it down, like, in a sports analogy, I think what's going on in schools is... If we were a basketball team, like mm-hmm. the coach used to start with drills, like, okay, we're going to work on our dribbling. We're going to work on our shooting. Everyone gets a layup. Versus now, it's like, okay, we got to make sure the black kids score 20 points. Oh, they will. You know, the brown kids get 15 points. They, they probably will. And we got to make sure that we have three white kids that, that are water boys. They will be. Three, you know what I mean? Like, that's the goal. It's that's not even about of, winning. It's you like, should pick a different score, sport because that's kind of how basketball works. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's pick hockey because it's a very, very white dominant sport, per se. You're right? sounding liberal, but okay. <laughs> it's, it's white dominant. Bro, I just watched the Leafs game yesterday. <laughs> Killer win, by the way. I bleed blue and white. It's funny, too, because you love hockey more than I do. 100%. But 100%. Yeah, you actually uh, call it. Uh, you call it sports. Let's have that conversation after this because I want. That's a bone to pick with you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk. But anyways, it's like having hockey practice, and the coach is like, "Okay, we got to make sure the black kids score three goals every game. It, it doesn't even matter if we win or not. And we got to make sure the brown kids get X amount of assists. The goalie has to be this. The water boys are white. It's like mm-hmm. imagine if that was going on at your hockey practice. Like, what would you think? That's exactly what's going on in schools. They're not mm-hmm. the dribbling and the drills. That the fundamentals are what math, reading, writing. I had I interviewed. Um, math is racist now. Sorry, just keep listen. going. I interviewed a professor uh, from SFU, and when we opened up, the first thing that he mentioned to me was absolutely stunning. He said, "The students that they're getting that are coming through the university now, on average, have a maybe at best a grade nine to ten reading level at university." This is being done on purpose. How is it that the average student that's coming into university, and he said they're actually getting him to start teaching a writing course at the university to get everybody's reading level up to par. <laughs> Think about the, re- the resources, you know what I mean? And parents are just assuming, well, they're in university now, so they're smart, you know, they're making it, they'll get jobs. Mm-hmm. Parenting has become a novelty almost. Mm-hmm. It's a much more Instagrammy family pictures type of we're on vacation oh, deal dude. versus, yo, being a parent is a task. It's a lifelong task. And people who, you know, getting these babysitters and like needing a break and like reading all these books on how to like, you know, decompress from being a parent, it's like, why not put all that energy into your child? I mean, this is the. I mean, it's a. I know it's a lot being said coming from someone who isn't a parent, but I, I you know, I help raise my younger siblings. I think <laughs> that gives me a little bit of qualifications. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's. I don't know, man. It's completely. It's getting out of control with this stuff. It really is, and I think that right now, there's already. I think at least a decade, a decade and a half of damage done. That's how long it's going to take to kind of reverse course to kind of bring us back to par. You're optimistic, man. Uh, very. But I think <laughs> I think it's possible if I do think it's possible. I really do. I think it's even possible to do it within half a decade. But 
we're going to have to correct course immediately. And the only way that happens is people like you and I or anyone who has this type of insight and foresight, you got to start, you have to start getting involved. You have to start getting involved in mm-hmm. life. And this is that whole like, you know, we're talking, when I came out on Sunday, uh, the, the term, what was it? Uh, controlled opposition thing comes from. Mm-hmm. And this is my issues with conspiracy theories these days is people go way too down the rabbit hole and they start to think about this concept of controlled opposition and there's just like this overarching control system that controls everything and you know it starts it starts to make you feel really limited and small it's like listen alex jones is not the controlled opposition andrew tate is not the controlled opposition pierre polyev is not the controlled opposition the controlled opposition is you and your brain who feels like that they are completely powerless to the system if they go out and vote or get involved because there's this overarching, you know, destined, you know, future that we have. Yeah, that's like the black pill. Yeah, that's not going to, you can't alter it because, well, you know, the elites are this, elites are that. It's like, no, you got to get involved. And it's the philosophy that I, when my knee blew up and I was like bedridden, I was like, okay, I can't walk on this. I can obviously can't jump and play basketball. I can barely move, but I will do what I can. Mm-hmm. I cooked for myself at my house. I made sure, like, I had crutches. I did everything. And this was even, like, my parents, my mom would want to come by and do all these things, but I just refused. I'm like, I can do these things with, at least with crutches. I will do what I can. Mm-hmm. That's the philosophy that I have. Do what you can. And if all you can do right now to... um I guess kind of counter the culture is have an awkward conversation at a dinner because your family member doesn't agree with you. Have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Have the conversation. That's what's needed. You don't. You. You guys have discussed the weather enough. Everybody knows what you're doing for school. You know what I mean. They probably understand. But like, if it comes up, I'm not saying go in there and be combative, combative and all this stuff. But if it comes up whether it's religious or whatever, at least understand your differences. Mm -hmm. Have these awkward conversations because the more that people stay silent at home, that's where the divide happens in the first place. Mm -hmm. Everyone goes off about, oh, you know, they're just using divide and conquer, not realizing you're playing right into it. Mm -hmm. You're literally divided and conquered already because you don't even want to speak to somebody at at home. And this is my point when I was, um, I know I'm going off a bit of a rant here, but, no, I like it. To come back to that conversation we were having about the guy on Instagram for the audience who probably wondering what happened to that. This guy was responding. Someone made a post. It was like, I think it was like, the people who were mean to you during the original lockdowns who are now coming around and they're like, you know, becoming friends again. He's like, just a warning that if this happens again, they're going to cut you out all over again. Mm-hmm. And the guy's response, who's you know, who's a who's that's what you reposted or that's no, no, what that's what that's what the meme was. And oh, this, someone posted. Yeah, it. I think that I'm paraphrasing, but that was the nature of the meme. Right. And the guy whose page it is, who's a fairly influential person, who's a fifty thousand plus, he responded to that particular meme, and his his response was, he's like, ah, oh, you know, he's like, ah, oh, that's pretty funny. You're right, they might, but he's like, it's not gonna happen. You know why? Because they're not my fucking friends anymore. Mm. And I'm like, and, and then underneath the comments, you got all these people clapping and yada, yada, yes, hell yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm going to surround myself with people who support me and yada, yada, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, can't you see that you're being the exact same thing as the other side? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They found it so ridiculous that someone who cut them out because they didn't get a jab, 
and don't want to be friends with them anymore. Yet, because they didn't like you, you're just going to act behave the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're playing right into it. If someone wants to be, my, if someone cut me out, and I had people who stopped talking because I didn't get vaccinated, my opinions or whatever. But if they came back to me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, is a bit extreme," I kind of realized I'm not going to be like, "Fuck you!" I'm not going to be your friend because if this happens again, you're going to treat me the same way. Blah blah blah. It's like, yo, have some grace. Yeah. All these people talking about God, have some grace. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that we mend these differences. Stop being what the, the other side that you're complaining about. Yeah, yeah. And this is why we have our shows, man. It's just like be able to see yourself live in the moment. It's one thing to be reflective and apologize later, but you want to do that over and over again so that you can see yourself live in the moment and behave accordingly. That's my rant on that. You don't need to go around hating people because they cut you out. I love it, man. I 100% agree. I got to grab a charger for my computer, but oh, right, it dies yeah. really quick. You can see it's going to die, but oh, okay. yeah, I'll no be worries. right back. 100%. We'll pause. No, we won't. Okay, well, I'll keep it going. Yeah, you can just talk. I guess. I mean, hello, folks. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'm just going to plug everything that I have going on. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This is kind of weird now. Because I'm just by myself. I've done solo episodes on my own show, but uh, I was just in a total rhythm with Mark here. But anyways, um, yeah, you know what? I will plug everything that I got going on. I have um, plug into the YouTube channel. Um, my YouTube channel right now, as I explained earlier, is just throwing out a lot of single episodes to podcast interviews. And um, I'm not really editing them in any particular way. It's just kind of putting out the unedited versions, but it's just the building blocks of the content. I'm just kind of going on a spree of content creation, building the stock and putting it out there. But uh, there's going to be all different types of content on there. Some vlog type stuff. I'm working on a documentary at the moment um, with Uplift Fitness. Uh, it's been going on for quite some time, but looking to finish that off this year and uh, release that. I do hope to have a, some sort of trailer coming out pretty soon too. So uh, uh, check that out. I also, uh, probably going to have Jason on the pod as well to talk about that. I have an episode coming out with Mark on my show. I actually was just editing that today. So, shameless plug to everything. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already. It's a very um, slow, gradual dump of content. But um, once the uh, steam picks up, you'll, gl you'll be glad that you did, hopefully. Not hopefully, you will. I promise the content will be killer. Um, just some even documentary stuff, some possible music stuff coming out. So, um, all sorts of good things going on. That was my ad. I've never done that before. That was pretty cool. It's paid advertisement. <laughs> he paid me for that, by the way. Big time. Big time. With a lot of hugs. <laughs> a lot of hugs, a lot of drugs. Yeah. But, um, yeah, dude. But yeah, I, I'll let you pick up on what I was saying. You kind of run with that. Um, yeah, dude, I think that, um... I agree with you, man. I think a lot of people need to show a lot more grace. And I think that um, the idea that because I had people that cut me off or that stopped talking to me or didn't want to hang out with me during that uh, the whole debacle. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you got to kind of understand that people are going to hopefully learn from the mistakes that they've made. Right. You know, and, and we have to we have to realize, like, they don't think they made a mistake. Right? When was the last time you did something knowingly think knowing that you made a mistake? Yeah. You know what I mean, they didn't think they made a mistake. And it's very hard to admit that you were wrong or didn't see it right. That's a very difficult thing to do as a human. 
on both ends of the spectrum because I tell you what, the people who are like hardcore right about like ah uh, da da da, you're not always always right about this stuff either. Just most of the time. But um, yeah, hundred percent. The thing is too is uh, the the thing I was gonna say. This is what I was gonna say. I forgot, but then I was uh, I just remembered mm-hmm. is if you were outspoken during the any of the lies that have happened in the last few years right about uh masks or vaccinations or uh anything political or anything that happened or the environmental stuff or there's a fucking long laundry list of things that you could have been outspoken about things that are um quote unquote controversial 100 percent. who are you speaking to Sorry, say that again. I don't think I understand. When you're question. speaking out about these things, who are you speaking to? When if I speak out, I, I'm saying in general. Right. Maybe you specifically, but oh, I, I would see. assume. Anyone, what are you saying? I would assume uh, when you're speaking out about these things, mm-hmm. like a lot of the time, people will fucking rag on me because I post shit about like gun control, or mm-hmm. I'll post things, you know. And and I when when I this is my perception. When you're posting those things, you're trying to, you're trying to speak to the people that don't agree with you, because you want to present uh, a different way of looking at things. Because you're not trying to coerce them or convince them, but you're just trying to say like, "Hey, uh, have you thought of it this way?" And you're trying to do it maybe in a funny way. That's a oh, lot I of see. times that I, I do see. it. Right, right, right. Like when you're trying to be outspoken about these topics, a lot of the time you're not, and some people are. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, you're not trying to speak to the people that already agree with you. 100%. And the reason that you're doing that is because you love other human beings. You want them to understand the way that you see the world or the way that there's another way to see the world. Right. And if you're not doing that out of compassion for one another, then why are you doing it? So the idea of cutting someone off because they don't align with your values or your beliefs, that's tribal shit. Like, that's 100%. stupid, fucking dumb. 100%. I to- yeah, great point. You know what 100%. I mean? Yeah. I and totally so if that. someone's coming around now and they're right. like, hey, you know, what? I was a little bit extreme about that or maybe right. I was completely wrong. If you have someone that says, hey, I was completely wrong, dude, you got to embrace that person. You ha- Not only embrace, but you have to give that person credit because they probably have... I mean, to to admit that you are wrong is very difficult in the first place. I think most people don't give enough of uh, credit to people who could admit that they're very they're not all out there. You know what I mean? People mm-hmm. will some people will maybe you might not agree. They'll do that, but they'll like pepper it with some sort of but I this but I that. Yeah, I told you so. Right? Yeah, it's like oh man, it was my my bad, but I didn't think this or they try to explain mm-hmm. when you're wrong. Just say you were wrong. You know what I mean? Dude, and if someone says to you, hey, I was wrong, you have to be able to look at that person with love and compassion and 100%. say, like, dude, like, that's huge of you to admit that. Right. Because if someone says, hey, I was wrong, and then you jump on them and be like, see, and and you're and now you're trying to reinforce how right you are, in that moment, you've just exposed that you were no different from that person at all. It's the two same people. Yeah, it's still tribalism. Like, yeah. It's still like, oh, we're on different sides still. Yeah, it's just, I, I, and I'm really not for this tribal stuff, man. It's very, um, I don't know, it's very un-Canadian in a sense. And even like if it's like small-time positive stuff, I know people are like, you know, just find your tribe, find your group, find your people. It's like, is that what we're going to do? We're just going to look for people that approve us and affirm us the way we are and love us, love on us. Mm-hmm. We don't want anyone that might disagree or challenge us in the way that we think. How do you think we've come this far as a, as a civilization? By agreeing? 
Absolutely not. Well, you discover by seeing what's wrong. and it, That's why my philosophy is not, I, I used to live like that when I was much younger, as naive. When you speak to people, trying to prove that you're right based on the information you know is a thing. It really is. But as I've matured, as I got into my you know, later 20s and, like, and whatnot, I discovered like, it's not about who's right. It's about what's right. Mm-hmm. And in order to understand what is right, that requires so much self-reflection, so much attention on yourself to see yourself. You don't have any, you shouldn't even have enough energy to judge someone, you know what I mean, like that and get angry at them. Mm-hmm. It happens, but if you're self-aware, you'll, you should be able to, you know, see it pretty quickly that, hey, I, sh- I can't be, can't always be judging people mm-hmm. like that. I think the, the amount of, think about it this way, the amount of judgment that you throw out in the world Understand that is di- equally proportionate to how you judge yourself. You're just blind to the judgment that you have to your, towards yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think that a lot of that that comes in play a lot with um, people that are suffering man mentally because there's um, like the ego is protecting them so much that they project their own things that they hate on themselves. They project that onto other people. Yeah, hundred percent. But still, you should self reflect and get over it doesn't matter you know what i mean yeah i think that um and and i know so many people and dude i've been this person and i will sometimes say this uh not anymore i'll say it maybe as a joke now but i remember there was a long period of my life where i would joke about like i fucking hate people people (laughs) annoy me people piss me off and i think that the so you love dogs so much. Dude, I do love dogs. <laughs> I fucking love dogs. But yeah, like, I uh, I think that the more disdain that you have for people around you is a is in direct proportion to how much you dislike yourself. Or yeah, certain or certain aspects of yourself. Right. That you haven't uncovered yet. Right. Yeah. And it's I mean, tell me this, like you you've you've done that. You you're a fairly self reflective person, obviously to be able to sit here and even talk about these things, there's some level of self-reflection that you have, which I think is much more developed than the average person. But when you come across things about yourself that are nasty, you know, that are like dar- your dark side, is it easy to, to come to that terms like, yeah, this is me, this is, this is also a part of me, or is that a difficult thing for you? Um... It's difficult, man. I the, 100%. the way that I look at it is I don't like feeling bad. I don't like feeling negativity. I don't like feeling any negative emotions. Right. And, and I, it's not that I try and escape them. It's that when I feel those things, like there's a couple of different ways that I try and analyze it. Like I have become a lot more analytical of my own thoughts and the way that I have uh, that I've maybe the way that my emotions are representative of my thoughts, if that makes sense. And what I do now is when I feel negative emotions, I try and, uh, A, I journal often. And uh, I journal on my computer, and I journal on pen and paper, Mm -hmm. and I journal when I speak to my phone. Right. And I, a lot of the times if I feel negative emotions, I will think to myself, I'll kind of try and backtrack. Like I have to put on my detective hat and I think like, well, why do I feel this way? Right. And it's like, oh, because um, this person said this to me. And Mm -hmm. I think, okay, well, why did that make me feel this way? Mm -hmm. Because 
I say worse things like that than to most people, right? Like, right, right. I, I have a, I'm pretty outspoken, and I, I have a very uh, abrasive sense of humor sometimes. Right. And so I'll think, okay, why did, why did what they say impact impact me the way that I did? Well, because it brought up this memory. Right. Well, why did I have that memory? Why am I still hanging on to this memory from when I was six years old and forgot the lyrics in the Christmas concert in elementary school? Okay. And then I'll and then I'll revisit that and I'll think, well, why did I feel that way? Why was I so embarrassed by something that's so common? Right. And I'll think, okay, well, and I'll just keep diving into it, keep diving into it, keep diving into it of like, oh, I was just scared. I was scared of being abandoned. I was scared of being alone. I was scared of being, you know, and I'll dive into that. Why was I? Why right. Why would that impact me so much? Right. And does that help you get over it? Uh, it helps me understand um, why I feel the way I do in a lot of situations because I think that a lot of my negative emotions come from confusion or anxiety. Right. And I think that um, there's a lot of times that... Uh, our emotions are rational, mm-hmm. you know, like if, um, you know, if somebody does something to you that, that is clearly going to make you mad, then it's not, it's not a wonder why you're mad, you know, like someone cuts you off and you're like, fuck that guy. Then yeah, most of the time you're going to let it slide, but it's kind of understandable why that would make somebody mad. You know, like, or if I, like, punch you if in the face. someone cuts you off, yeah. Or if I, like, punched you. You'd yeah. be like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's very <laughs> obvious why you'd feel that emotion. Right. But what I'm talking about is, like, if I were to, like, uh, I don't know, like, spill this cup of tea right now and you freak out. Right. Like, that's less rational. Yes. And then it's like, well, why did you freak out like right. that? You right. know what I mean? Like, to yeah. dive into those things, I feel like it helps me in ways because it helps me understand what's a rational emotional response and what's an irrational emotional response. Right. And uh, I think that you can start to... um, I think you can start to um, lessen the amount of irrationality that way. Right. And start to... um, like that's a disproportionate response to a tea spill. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So you kind and of I think that it also helps you empathize with other people sometimes because you'll see their on you'll see their irrational responses, and you'll say, "Oh, it's not this that's bothering them." Mm. And so you but kind you, of understand. You, you you kind of understand because sometimes, yeah. like I'll. I'll be in a conversation with somebody or you'll, you'll have a friend or a, a, you know, your, maybe your girlfriend or your mother or whatever it could be. And they'll act irrationally sometimes through your perspective, or I can only speak to my perspective where sometimes I see somebody's response to something and, and immediately my brain goes, I can't believe they're reacting like this. Mm. But when you start to do this type of reflection, you, 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 there's a few things you start to see is the first is, I've done that before. And then the second thing you start to see is it's not this that they're reacting to. It's right. something else. Right. Can I ask you a question? When somebody responds, to, let's say somebody responds uh, to something that you did, whether it be a behavioral thing or whatever, do you, do you ever think you just, because their reaction might be negative or sometimes hurtful, um, 
do you ever think that rationalizing their thought process kind of helps you feel better about the situation? What do you mean? Uh, I, what I mean is, let's say someone like you, they res- they respond to something that y- you did, right, mm-hmm. in a negative light. And you're like, what, what the hell? You know what I mean? And you'll, like you said, you're like, I've done this before. It was tied to this. This is prob. They're behaving this way because it's tied to something in their life. Do you think it makes you feel better about like you know how you were acting and and you're like you know okay maybe it's not me it's them type of situation. Does that make it better or worse? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Does it make you feel better where you're just like because you're like oh I guess they're just mirroring something within them like or projecting. Yeah, I'm not really involved in the situation. It's just it depends on who it is, right? Because if it's somebody that I don't have to interact with very often. And, like, say, like, someone walking down the street and they freak out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just like, fucking best of luck, buddy. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> no kidding. I'm not going to change my behavior. Right. And I don't really care how you're reacting right now. Like, right. I'm never going to see this fucking clown again. Yeah. That's that's legitimately what would go through my brain. I'd right. be like, fucking best of luck, man. Right. Have fun reacting like that to the rest of the people that you interact with. Right. See how that takes you through life. Right. But if it's somebody that I love and somebody that I care about and somebody that I'm going to have to spend a lot of time with, maybe collaborate with, with work or whatever it could be, Mm -hmm. then it's like, we got to get to the bottom of this. Right. Because unless, unless my behavior is actually destructive, if it is, then I need a course correct. 100%. But if it's not, if it's not a destructive behavior, if it's not really like hey, you know, the way I drive really shouldn't impact you that much or whatever it is. Like it's, then it's like, okay, we got to get to the bottom of this because this is going to be a reoccurring behavior of mine. We got to get to why this impacts you so much. And then that's where compromise comes into play because as much as that person needs to heal and, and go through whatever they need to go through so that they can react about like your behaviors in a more, uh, rational way right it's it's gonna be a bumpy road it's not like someone could just be like oh this is how i need to fix myself and now i can just do it like that right like we're human and, and they need a grace period right 100 percent. i get you i get what you're saying no, totally. so like there totally. is some weird wiggle room and compromise there yeah it's like it's um the way you know how you're do- talking about um like your mood and and sometimes it can be erratic and whatnot mm-hmm. it's disproportionate like the way i look at it is you i don't know i lost the thought i lost the thought i thought i was gonna say something really good but it's gone try i can't remember it's just gone i'm dumb bro i've told you oh dude. Like, the fact that you even have me on here is already no i'm kidding i'm dude i'm <laughs> dumb I, I allowed too... I allowed twenty five minutes of fucking talking about sea creatures earlier. Yeah. So <laughs> talk about no, dumb people, man. No, no. But no, I get what you're saying, man. I guess my question was, well, it makes me think about like earlier when we we're talking about when you go and you let's say you do something like you were saying, right? And because what I was talking about is like you know when you see when you've been wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, is it a fun process? And you said, no, it's not. It's not fun to do. Yeah, it's And you try to analyze it and understand it, right? Mm-hmm. And you go down this hole of like, okay, well, and you come to this 
come to this understanding like, oh, when I was like eight years old, you know, X, Y, Z happened. It's been tied to me. And I was, okay, now I know that this was it. And I'm not going to, I'm going to do my best not to do this again. But this, this behavior is attached to my trauma per se. Mm-hmm. Right. Why can't, why'd you air quotes that? The trauma part? Yeah. Because I'm sick of that word, man. Okay. I just feel like it's thrown around. Don't let them hijack it, man. It is a legitimate word. Well, I guess it exists in the dictionary. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Okay. But beyond the way, I feel like the, the word trauma has been dragged through the dirt. You know, everyone in them. I know, I know. Don't, using it. don't let them hijack it, man. They, they have already. It. Yeah, well, they can use it their made-up way, the <laughs> same way that they fucking... And I also use, like, you know air quotes there because i'm like is that really traumatic you know is that some people dude i think that i'll say this but then i'll let you carry on your thought okay i'll say this the worst thing that happened to you is the worst thing that happened to you right from a subjective perspective yeah right but carry on right but but we have to you know the word trauma is it's it's a very traumatic very like intense word Mm -hmm. just because you went through something intense doesn't mean we have to throw that word on it Okay. Right. Would it make you feel better if we just said intense experience that left an imprint on your subconscious? (laughs) It's much more clear. (laughs) Okay. It's a lot more clarity. But I think because people just throw that word out, it's starting to lose its like luster. You know what I mean? Because some people, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not saying it's a negative thing. Bro, it happens with so many words. Like it's happening with racist or sexist. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what I'm saying is don't let them hijack it. We still need to be able to call what's racist, racist. We still need to be able to call what's traumatic, traumatic. Yes. Don't let them hijack it. I understand. You're right. We need to use it legitimately. Okay. So in this case, okay, fine. And then see. when they use it illegitimately, you laugh at them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be laughing all day. But what was I saying? Um, yeah, but you're like in a situation where you see that you were wrong and you did something dumb and then you try to like analyze it mm-hmm. and you find out that it's traced back to some childhood trauma. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> He's still air quote that for people that just listen to the audio. <laughs> But my, I, recently I've been thinking, I'm like, you know, why do we need to go down that rabbit hole to try to understand so we can feel better about our wrong behavior? I feel like if we just stop and be like, okay, what I just did was X, Y, and Z, and I shouldn't do it again. I think that um, when, you are, when you do those deep dives, it helps you understand the loop. Or sometimes is it just helping you to kind of shed a little bit of responsibility with your... I think it's taking responsibility. Really? Yeah. Because if you attach it to your trauma, per se, you know, and you're like, okay, I'm acting this way because when I was XYZ old, XYZ happened. Mm -hmm. This is why I behave this way. Is, Is that... To me, sometimes it sounds like, you know, you're trying to attribute a lot of your you know sometimes laziness or sometimes you're just you know not wanting to do shit or whatever it is you just don't want to you just it's easy to kind of just 
I agree throw with that you. into the trauma bin. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you if you just shrug it off and you're right. like, oh, this happened to me, so I'm just like this and that's the way I am and I'll right. always be that way and right. fuck it. Or like it's you, my anxiety. And you have right. to adapt to me. Yeah. That's that's where I start to, I agree with you. Right. But I think that doing that kind of diagnosis and do, maybe this will be a better way to think of it as well because you can, like, you say your car gets a check engine light, right? Right. I, I have a... You know, it's not a very expensive machine. You can go and grab them at Lordco. You can get a little thing that plugs into yeah, the, the computer code, of your code car, reader. and you can yeah. delete that check engine code. You can just delete it. Right. Right? I and, see. Or you can ignore it. Right. Or you can look into what caused this error code. 100%. I actually like that. And no, I totally agree with you. I That's totally what I'm saying. That. Is yes. like understanding but what pers- started this. Because this, uh, a lot of it is like a cyclical thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this thing set me off. And then I reacted this way. And what I'm saying is you figure out why you reacted that way. Right. So you can kind of work on that yourself internally. Yes. I was kind of playing a little bit of devil's advocate there. I do. I totally agree with that. Like you should be able to um, not be able to. You, you got to be able to name the beast. That's right. the thing is you have to be able to name the beast so that you can defeat it. Right. Because the beast is within. And I think it's important. And that's the process of self-awareness, getting to know yourself. Right, your dark side. And the reason I just kind of air quoted the trauma thing is because, yeah, I just find like, you know, today, today's day and age, people just like to, um, you know, they hear terms like, oh, my mental health is this, or it's my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and these words shed a lot of responsibility. Oh, dude. And, and it's like, I'm, you're seeing the effect of that, that type of language. You're seeing that effect now just being played out in society today. Oh, dude. Big time amongst adults, like full-grown adults. Oh, I can't be- Bro, I can't explain to you some of the stuff that I see in public these days. My, my biggest just- beef with this type of, type of shit is the amount of people that blame ADHD for things nowadays. And that's yeah. coming from someone that's been fucking um, at an early age diagnosed with ADHD. I was on ADHD medication. Like Ritalin and stuff? Oh, bro. Yeah. And I will fucking say that I am tired of seeing people that blame, oh, it's because of my ADHD, when they literally do nothing but behaviors that kill attention span, right. that kill focus. Yeah. All they do is they go on social media. They're just looking for dopamine rushes consistently. Right. They don't do anything that actually develops. They, they look at things that are skills that right. need to be developed, right. and they don't have those skills. Right. And they say, I don't have that skill, like being able to focus on something at, for a long period of time, being able to sit still for a long period of time, right. being able to work on something for an extended period of time, being right. and, and or, or like have any discipline at all or have any patience at all. Right. And they think, I don't have those things, and so I can't have those things. And it's irritating to me because i think those are skills and though you might not have been born with those skills right that doesn't mean you can't develop them and what you have to do is stop the things that are hindering the development of those things and start doing things that develop those things yes do you know what i mean 100 bro i i'm obviously hyperactive in many different ways like if you were to watch an episode of any of my episodes and sped it up it would just be me flailing around like i literally move the entire time i'll change positions i'll yeah. play with my cup i'll play with a water yeah, bottle you're big on touching the mic yes yeah. dude i'll play exactly yeah. like i'm consistently moving right but there's things that i do to curb those things 
Like I'll go before I do any interviews. I always work out first. Yeah. Like before this, I went for a big run. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I texted you. You tell me I just got back from. I always work out so that I have so that I it it calms me down enough that I can sit still for a long period of time. Right. And that's dude. That's part of the reason why I read in a journal. That's that's part of the reason why is because it forces me to sit down, put my phone aside, and just focus on one task in a quiet room. Where they're, you know, of course I want to jump on social media. Of course I want to watch Netflix. Of course I want to watch YouTube. Right. But it's like I'm going to push those things out of my brain and just focus on this one thing. And that's, and you're a perfect example of what I was saying where you're, you're utilizing this means to take responsibility for your life versus the opposite. Exactly. You know, it's like, and that, that's, that's the main difference. I think you're a great example. I think you're an example that people should aspire to be. Well, I appreciate than, that. I don't right. really agree 100%. Or at least your approach on trying to see yourself and better yourself. You know what I mean? That That is, um, that's duplicatable. It's very simple. And I think um, you take responsibility for yourself. I think if, if we just had a little, just a tiny bit more of that here in this side of this country, you know what I mean? I think um, we'd see a lot of things change very, very quickly. I 100% very, very agree. Quickly. So. The same, we're going to be closing up soon. I yes, want sir. to invite you to uh, think of a last topic if you want to bring something up. I know you were talking about sports earlier. We can talk about oh, yeah. anything you like for okay. the last, like, I'd say we got, like, 10 minutes left because it's almost 9.30 and I'm yeah. going to be going to bed soon. Is it already? I thought yeah, we were, okay, yeah, I got to get to bed, too. Let's go. Um, Did you have one in mind? Do you have a question? No, no, the floor is yours, man. Okay. Um, no, I was just um, with the sports thing. Yeah, I remember you giving me some flack for, um, for you know for Super Bowl watching Super Bowls and stuff. And yeah. what you were saying is like, yo, know, it's just a distraction. Bread and circus, baby. Bread and circus, baby. Yeah, no, hundred percent. But um, let me ask you this then. Let's say you know, I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead. <laughs> what am I gonna say? I n- just go ahead. Okay, let's say. So I can say I knew, but let's <laughs> say it. I think that what you're gonna bring up is. Like for example, like anything I watch is the equivalent. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay, but like, but I'm gonna say what I want to say is like, I think um, like for example, do you watch any UFC? I, so I sort of do. Okay, yeah. if you this not listen, man, you come out of the closet with it, bro. Nothing to be ashamed. I of. do, I do. Yeah, I'll watch <laughs> the thing. The way that I watch anything, right. Is uh, the same way I play video games, right? And it's always while I'm editing. So while I'm right. listening to my own podcast, right. I'll have something going on the other screen. I think I think um, your grief that you have towards like people who watch sports are the guys that are just over the top with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these fantasy leagues, and they know everything about these guys' relationships in their personal lives so they can make the trades in their yeah. fantasy league it's over men's, the top. It's, it's dude, yeah. it's men's reality TV. Right, because this this aspect of watching competition has been around for centuries. You know what I mean? It's an actual part of entertainment. Bread and circus. Well, like, kings and queens would attend, to these, attend these things. You know what I mean? Like, you would watch, like, Gladiator and whatnot. Like, I think watching... That's because that's where it came from, bro. Right, yeah. And bread watching, and circus. Watching competition like that. That's it, why the Coliseum was built, was for bread and circus, to distract other people while they made political moves. 
yes, like I'm not going to argue that there is definitely an aspect to it, right? But I think people have to accept, like, listen, bread and circus can only work if the people are dumb. You know what I mean? And most th- people are. Yeah, and that can be taken. That type of power can be taken back if you empower yourself. You know what I mean? But for as long as the individual constantly is just, you know loopy yeah they're gonna it'll be bread and circus but i don't uh, i guess i would say is i don't think is there's anything wrong with someone wanting to take an afternoon to entertain themselves watching a playoff game or dudes or watching a ufc fight or going like have you have you ever gone to a live event with people like yeah. actual that's a especially a playoff game i don't know i don't think you've ever been to a playoff game that's a different game but it's because they don't happen in vancouver <laughs> I actually went to one. I went to, I went, I went to that game seven, that year where they the made the infamous a, game seven against the Boston Bruins. No, no, oh, against, I against, it was, no, it wasn't the Stanley Cup Finals. I wasn't, oh. I wasn't dishing out fourteen hundred bucks a seat to not see my to go Leafs. to a riot. Yeah. yeah, but I did go to the game seven against the Blackhawks that same year, where they won. That ended up sending them to the entire uh, down the entire. Room. That was when I cared about hockey. Bro, that was, I don't care what you say about bread and circus, blah, blah, blah. That was the most unbelievable experience ever, man. Like the energy in that crowd and just everyone. Or like when you watch Sidney Crosby score that the uh, golden, goal. golden goal. You know what I mean? There's, I think there's a place for sports. I, I do. And, as much as I rag on it, yeah. I, I got to say, I, I feel the same way about seeing live music. Yeah. Concerts, yeah, I, I do you, love. And it's concerts. because there's an admiration for the art that they have, right? Yeah. And that's another thing. Like I have, I admire these athletes that are willing to just put it all on the line. And I also play myself, like you know. I, and you couldn't go pro yourself. You admire the guys who could. Like I loved watching Tom Brady play throughout his career. Just a meticulous, just like the amount of prep. It's having admiration for them. Yeah, and I, uh, I think, I think. I got very bitter for a while in my life when I started understanding that I I think it came from, and this relates back to what we were talking about earlier, I think that a lot of it came from feeling like I wasn't doing enough to chase my own dreams. Yeah. And I remember feeling like while I was watching sports one day, I was thinking, I'm watching other men do what they love to do and I'm sitting on my couch eating a fucking bag of Cheetos. 100%. 100%. And, no, I totally... And there was this inherent depression like, yeah. that sunk in. Yes. Thinking, I'm watching another man do what I'm supposed to be doing. Yes. Not that I can play sports to a caliber of that level. Right. But I know but what you like mean. It's going like, after right. their thing. Right. Yeah. I heard, like, if you're watching a screen, it's as simple as you watching live a someone living out their dream no matter what you're watching that's what i'm saying right you're watching someone live out their dream and i think that i can come to terms with it a lot more now because i am pursuing what i love and i'm pursuing what i believe is my purpose on this earth and i think that um i totally get it man i totally get it because i think sorry you were gonna say something go ahead i just think that um being able to unwind and being able to watch something for entertainment or for education or whatever it could be motivation even like dude i i i was gonna say i do watch 
Um, I do watch fights. I love watching fights, to be 100%, 100%. honest with you. It's competition, so and, do I. And even, I don't know if you watched UFC. Do you watch UFC? Oh, yes. Did you watch that last Izzy Pajera fight? I missed the knockout. Oh, dude. I missed the I, knockout. I, so I always... I, I showed up literally five minutes late. I always watch them the next day because they always run a little late, late for me. Right, right. And I watch them while I edit. Right. And so I'll watch it with the sound off and I'll be listening to my podcast and I'll be watching the fight. And I literally had to replay it with sound from the intros because right. it was so fucking epic. Yes. And I yelled and I made Teddy come from the other room and watch it with me. <laughs> and I right. cranked the sound and you yeah. could hear every everything. leg kick, yeah. everything. And she was like, oh, right. every time. And when Izzy won... First of all, he did this epic thing where he put an X through the monster symbol. Yeah, I heard it. And then the other thing, dude, he grabs the mic from Joe Rogan and he says, it's so epic, dude. He says, I don't think that most people will be ever, ever be able to feel how happy I am. Right. And my one wish is that you guys could feel how happy I am right now, that I finally achieved this thing that I've been trying to achieve for so long. And he said... Hopefully, I want everyone to experience it at least once. Yeah. What I get to experience again and again and again. Yeah. No, I totally, yeah, I totally, I, to, I get where you're coming from. I think we kind of uh, found some middle ground on it. Because I think the group of men that you're talking about are grown men out of shape, sitting at home watching athletes with their name on their back. You know what I mean? Like, you yourself have a last name. What are you wearing with someone else's name on your back. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, go out there, especially if you have a family. You know what I mean? You should set the example. If you're going to watch... Like, I went to a Canucks game recently, just one of their last ones, and I saw a family, like, they brought their kids who probably play minor league hockey, and these guys are like eight. The kids, yeah, eight. And you can see the excitement on their face, just how... Ex- they're being children, you know what I mean? It was so... Um, it was like a epic thing that they could sit in those seats and watch some of these guys who are older do something that they're doing that they're trying to aspire for. I think there's a place for sport. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, especially in today's world. But um, that was it. That's all I wanted to see. I thought it'd be a bit more uh, adversarial than that. But I think we came to... No, I'm, I'm coming <laughs> around, man. I, I yeah. And like I said, <laughs> I, I am able to acknowledge, and this is, dude... This is, you got to say this is kind of it comes to full circle from what we were saying. I I was being judgmental because I felt that inside. Right. Yeah. You actually, know what that's I mean? what I wanted to say is that anyone that's a dude out there, man, you have to understand how you feel, like how good you feel about yourself is directly going to be proportionate to how useful and valuable you are to society. If you're a useless person, you're going to feel like shit. That's just yeah. the way it is. It's just the way it is. As a man, you need to work. You need to go out, go out there. You need to bust your ass. You need to have your emotions in check. You need to do some hard shit. You need to suffer. That's just that's what's going to give you that feeling that you want. You want to dodge these things? Enjoy depression. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And depression is, call it whatever you want. I mean, I question whether it even exists on a clinical level these days, but I don't know. I have to look into it a little bit more. But that's it's that's it's that simple you have you can't avoid the suffering that's what that's what will relieve you of your depression yeah it was also like uh like i said it was a fresh thing for me like when i would i i think when we had that conversation was when i was just like 
I just stopped watching sports and I was like all like, you know, when, when people make huge changes in their lives, the first thing that they do, I feel like is beat up on a part of themselves and project that on other people. Like I see this a lot because I, uh, I interview a lot of different people that that some people come from, uh, some people are doctors, some people come from like out of recovery from drug addiction. Mm -hmm. And, um, some people are like, they come from maybe being obese and then they're super in shape or some Mm -hmm. people come from being really poor and then they go into having like a, a successful, uh, business life Mm -hmm. and what i notice is a lot of people that hate their past selves project that on other people and they hate that aspect of other people like you'll see a lot of people that are maybe ex-drug addicts and they see someone that drinks like maybe once a week or once a month or they're they're able to control their their consumption and they'll be like anyone that drinks is a fucking idiot yeah you know what i mean just because they had that issue and they hate that about their past right so they look at anybody that uses drugs or uses alcohol and they're like that person is the fucking devil that person fucking or they look at someone that is that is going through a financial hard time and they're like pull yourself up from your bootstraps like if you're in poverty you're a fucking lazy piece of shit you know like they they see a part of themselves from the past that they haven't come to terms with and they haven't forgiven themselves for, they hate themselves for, and they project that on other people. And yes. then, and I think that, uh, I think I was experiencing that at that point. And I think that that's why, um, maybe I was so brash about it. And I think that now that I'm seeing it in other people, I'm starting to understand that, uh, in myself and in them. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. The, the, that last line that you said, to be able to see it in yourself. I, I think to be able to see it in other people, is it only means one thing, that you saw it within first. Yeah. Because what you see within is going to be directly proportionate with how the depth of the world that you can see on the out. If you know yourself on a shallow level, you're going to see the world from a very shallow perspective. Mm-hmm. If you lie to yourself, people will lie to you and you'll fall for every single one and mm-hmm. you'll get mad at them but it's because you can't seem to handle the truth within. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. That's my theory. That's one of my theories in, in life. And so far, like it seems to hold water every time I go around. Like you can, you can see shallow people. Like it's just directly proportionate to how well they know themselves. And, and to your point earlier, uh, just on this last thought, just what you were saying is, you know, for someone who suffered with something like drinking and the drinking becomes the devil, there's also people on the opposite end where something kind of saved them. And that becomes their new, like, almost idolization and obsession. Mm-hmm. And they think they can, they think that'll solve anyone who's kind of struggling what they're struggling with. This thing that they found is going to solve all their problems, oh, which yeah. isn't necessarily the case. It, the perfect example that I had is like with people, when I took ayahuasca twice, I found that community to be very. Uh, I was going to say mushroom people, but bro, yeah. Yeah, DMT yeah. Ayahuasca, bro. Same. When I took ayahuasca, these, they were, not all of them, but there were some people that were like, yo, ayahuasca will. F- this is it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Mother ayahuasca is going to just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I found that um, that type of mentality exists everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah. But um, shall we call it a day? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a beautiful that's place to wrap it up. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I love coming on here, man. This is Every time we do this, I never feel like we get to everything that we want to talk about, which is probably why. That's why we do so many. Is this round five or round six? I think at this point I'm just going to be called a... Uh, a daily contributor to the show i think we need to think of a series name for this 100 percent. yeah let's do that 
I can't right now, but <laughs> yeah, but my brain is. We'll, we'll have to. We'll have to we'll think of something, something because maybe we, we can ask, ask the audience something that they, if they watched, if they could leave in the comments something that they think would work for us. Yeah, what do you guys think that we should call this? Muslim plus white. Muslim plus white. <laughs> hey, who knows? I don't know. I'll you like to? That's very liberal of you. I think a liberal person would do that. A Muslim plus white. Yeah, because they got a. I think that they would say it. It would be like. Um, I just can't call it that on my podcast because then I'd be that white guy being like, this is my Muslim friend. Who cares? I don't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Let them think that. Yeah, let them think I'm your slave. Because of fuck. Whoa, so, I never knew he whoa. said that. <laughs> but it's how I get my, it's how I get my, um, <laughs> my virtue. It's how I get my yeah, virtue. I'll be your token, token uh, brown friend. Dude. You can call me token like they do in, uh, in South, South Park. Park. Yeah. Dude, that's could, so funny, man. I the token black kid yeah, named Token. token. <laughs> that's the best, dude. Yeah, but throw that idea out there. We'll start a series. For All sure. right, yo, we got to uh, find a name for that. Hand. Oh, I just pinched my finger in my mic thing, but um, that's what I get for playing with the mic. Hundred percent. But um, too fidgety. Do yeah. some meditation, bro. No kidding. I should get like a Rubik's cube. I should see if I could solve a Rubik's cube before I finish an interview one day. I think I know what to give you for our interviews. One of those fidget spinner things? That would help. That would help. What were you going to say? A Rubik's Cube. But you know what else came to mind? What? That um, that stupid like little scene on TV thing that they sold, that dumbbell weight that shakes and you can work <laughs> out. <laughs> just hand you one of those. Just, like, <laughs> just off screen. Just jerking it off screen. Fuck. All right. That's so what we're what calling you're doing it. your exercise. That's what we're calling it. Thank you guys so much. Much love. Peace out. Check out Hussein's podcast. Everything right. you got podcast. Check out his YouTube channel. Check out everything. Um, Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Honestly, appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. Much love and peace out.